This amazing experience is a place where you too can connect, discover, grow, and lead for God here at Common Bond Church. If you could just start to give our God some praise, lift him up in worship. How many of you know that we serve a good God? He's faithful, he's righteous, he's just, he's honorable, he's trustworthy. We can lean on him, we can depend on him. I just, I'm just grateful for who he is, for what he's been in my life. And I know that if he's been good to me, he's definitely been good to you. So right now, let's go ahead and lift him up, honor him and praise him. Hallelujah, Jesus. May your struggles keep you near the cross. May your troubles show May all battles in the way they should May your bad days prove that God is good May your whole life prove that God is good May your struggles keep you near the cross may your troubles show that you need God may your bad days may in the way they should may your battles prove that God is good may your whole life that God is good. May your troubles keep you the cross. Cross, may your trust. 
And uh, he thought about it and he said, no, no, I want to actually ship her back home, even though the cost is actually exorbitant. And he said, why would you want to do that? The cost is actually only one hundred and twenty five dollars. He said, well, I read one time uh, that there was a man who actually was in this area who actually died, was buried and was raised again. And he said, I just can't risk that in my own life at this time. <laughs> so, well, as I always say, I'm better at the word of God than I am at telling jokes. And so if you have an opportunity now to, to turn to your Bibles, I'd love for you to actually to turn to John chapter 16. And we're going to read verses 7 through 11 together in John chapter 16 and verses 7 through 11. All right. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. And it begins by saying these words. Amen. 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 Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And if he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Amen. Amen. That's our word today. And I'm excited what God is going to say through us and to us as we actually hear this message. Well, let me pray for us as we get started. Dear Lord, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity uh, to be able to hear your word and for me to actually proclaim it. And Lord, I just uh, want to actually give you uh, the authority during this hour, during this time. And so, Lord, I pray I decrease and I ask to decrease and I do decrease, Lord, so that you can have your way. Uh, this week, you know, I was actually walking in a gloomy 
staircase. You know, I began to feel what I would call a little uneasy, you know, within my spirit. I, I just wasn't comfortable. And so I got out of the staircase and I went to the nearest exit uh, to a floor and I began to walk a little bit more and actually started to hear the patter of footsteps right behind me. She started to feel my heart race. I was sweating. And then I woke up. You know, I woke up and I actually realized that it actually was a dream and, and I actually did feel my face and I was sweating and I, I placed my hand on my heart and it, it was beating. What I wanted us to make sure that we thought about and we think about, you know, today is just how much weight, how much pressure that we really have in our life. And uh, when I think about the weight and the pressure that's on my life, you know, sometimes I actually just live with it. And, and I give you an example of that. Just last week, uh, we had our goddaughter with us and stayed with us for a week. And as uh, we were actually walking from the park, her legs got weary. She got a little tired. And uh, I decided to actually put her on my shoulders and just walk her the rest of the way home. And as I walked her the rest of the way home, she got relief. She got some help, you know, from me. And I actually was able to make it all the way back to where we live. And I actually let her down. And uh, she, we went in and we actually started just to go home. I thought about that. And, you know, for just a little bit of steps that I had, her 65 pounds wasn't a lot of weight for me. But if she was actually to be on my shoulders every single day, I know that that weight would actually start to actually bear with me significantly. And why I'm saying that is, is because all of us probably have some kind of weight. Uh, we have some kind of issue on our life that we just simply have learned to put up with because we actually live in this world. You know, I don't know what that may be in your personal life, but I know that sometimes some of us, you know, have issues in our physical body that, you know, sometimes we just can't get up and start the day because there's so much weight on us. You know, some of us have financial issues and financial uh, problems that we are constantly thinking about, constantly worrying about, and it's a weight on our shoulders that we just can't release. You know, some of us have some, some temptations in life. You know, they may be lust of another person that constantly actually feels our heart, feels our mind that we can't actually get any relief and any rest from. You know, some of us have some kind of addictions that actually tempt us as well, where we actually can't actually break something that is actually holding us bondage to. You know, maybe you can't stop actually putting that drink in you. You know, maybe you can't actually stop whatever that addictive behavior in your life. You know, those are all the weights that actually live on our life, but there's, there's so many more. They're countless in this world. You know, all of us have something that's tugging at our heart, tugging at us consistently. And when I actually thought about the dream, you know, that I actually had this week, I think that what God was actually sharing with me that he actually wants to share with all of us is that in this world, there truly is no escape. You know, there, there truly is no escape from the weight that we actually have in this world. You know, the world may actually be able to give us some coaching. You know, they might be able to tell us, well, this thing can improve your life if you do X, Y, Z, but it'll never be a true way of escape. 
You know, never be a true benefit. We may be able to go to a doctor and they prescribe us with some medicine, but the next day we're still going to have that same pain. We're still going to have that same issue. You know, we may be able to find some some kind of wisdom of this world, but we're still going to know how to tap into it every single day in order for our needs to be met. There's always some kind of uh, gloom, some kind of heaviness that is over our life. But I want to remind us today of who Jesus Christ is. You know, Jesus Christ is the only light in the face of darkness. He is the only way that is actually has an escape for us. And so what I really needed, you know, while I was having that dream and walking in the dark staircase in a gloomy place, I needed to find light. You know, I needed to find some kind of relief for myself. And I'm telling you today that Jesus Christ is the only relief in our life. He is the only one that can make things possible that are impossible in our life. And so I wanted to say all those things so that we are reminded just how great Jesus Christ can be in our life. But oftentimes he is not as great as he can be because we actually don't reach out to him for help. And that that's what the scripture actually says to us in verse seven is that there is a helper that actually will come into our life because of what Christ Jesus has done. But how many times uh, do you know in your life that you have not actually received the help that actually God actually wants for our life? In verse eight, here's what the scripture says about this helper. Um, He says that, Uh, He comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. You know, that's the purpose, you know, of the helpers that he's going to convict the world of sin and of righteousness. And the Holy Spirit is supposed to be able to, to tell us of the things that we should be avoiding, the things that are out there lurking against us that's actually going to destroy us. And today, the three things that that the scriptures actually talk about from God's perspective that are lurking out there in this world to actually destroy us, uh, to steal from us, to kill from us, are three things. Those three things are sin, it's righteousness, and it's judgment. So I want to talk about those three things for for the rest of our time so that we actually can see how significant is this help that God actually has in our life. And the very first thing that I actually want us to think about uh, before we even talk about those three things is the word help. You know, in verse seven of John chapter 16, it talks about the word paraclete. You know, and it's the the idea of that God has given us something that is supposed to help us. And the paraclete is is an empowerment. It's it's a power that actually is sent by God. And when I think about power today, I, I noticed that, you know, last night I had to charge up all my devices, my iPad and my computer and my phone because they were actually almost on empty. And I wanted to make sure that this morning, everything was actually fully charged. And then I realized when I got up this morning that one of my phones actually wasn't charged because I didn't quite put in the charger correctly. And the the, the battery itself wasn't going to get charged if I didn't have the connection right. And uh, oftentimes, I think that in our own personal lives, 
Now, we may think that we are connected to God, but we are truly not connected to him in the way so that we can actually receive the help that God actually desires us to receive. And so as you think about this message today, I want us to know that just because you have a relationship with God and you've called him Lord and Savior doesn't mean that you have always received the help that God actually desires you to receive. And some of the things that we don't receive from God is just being aware, just knowing exactly what God actually wants us to know that is an impediment, you know, to our life. And those three things, again, that could, you know, stop us and could, you know, damper our life are these three areas, which are sin, righteousness, and judgment. And I want to talk about the first one, sin, because it's the doozy. You know, it's the one that we don't really talk about in this world. And I've often realized that in our society, in our culture, you know, we live in a a kind of state of mind where as long as it's not hurting anybody, then it's actually okay with me and it should be okay with everyone else. You know, but that's not the perspective that God actually has for you and he actually has for us. And, and so I wanted to think about sin you know, from the perspective that I started our conversation of talking about the heaviness and the weightiness that actually comes in our life. You know, when I think about uh, the very first time that God actually revealed sin to me, you know, I remember that I was actually, you know, alone in my room, you know, just, just sitting at the the foot of my bed and God just began to reveal my whole life to me. And he began to show me everything of who I was, everything that I ever did. And the feelings that I started to have, you know, were feelings of shame, you know, feelings of darkness, feelings of uncleanness. And and if you've ever experienced those kinds of things, you know, God is trying to convict you. He's trying to reveal to you that something is not quite right, you know, in your life. You know, before that experience, I, I would have thought that anything that I did was just okay with me and it should be okay with everyone else. But once God started to shine the light on my heart, you know, I started to feel God's heart. I started to recognize what God actually saw in me. And that's the heaviness that I'm trying to describe to you today. I believe that you've had the same heaviness, you know, in your life that I've had in my own life personally, where you've actually said something wrong. You've actually done something that wasn't quite right. You've actually uh, fell into that temptation that you knew that wasn't actually right in your heart. And then afterwards, everything was just a mess for you. You know, you couldn't shake it. You know, you, your mind couldn't uh, cleanse itself. You know, your mind couldn't actually get clear from the things that you had just done. You know, that's the weight that actually comes upon us because of sin. And that's just a terrible way for us actually to live life and to have these weights that are consistently, you know, on our life. And God actually begins to say to us through the power of the gospel is that I'm going to shine this light on you because I actually want to set you free. You know, that is the freedom of Jesus Christ as he begins to say to you and he begins to say to us is that you can actually be released of all of that shame, all of that guilt. If you actually just learn and actually trust that I am the savior of the world, I am that light that is available for you whenever you choose to actually want to escape. You know, what a beautiful reality that actually God actually has for us. If we actually just learn to actually give him over the 
weight that is actually buried in our heart and in our mind. And then verse nine, he says, concerning sin, because they do not actually believe in me. And uh, I want to touch on that really, really quickly, just because what I want to say about sin also is it's not only the heaviness, but but when you actually think about the fact that what these words in the scriptures say is that when we sin, it's an indication that we truly don't actually believe in Jesus Christ. You know, that that's the indication. And you may say, well, pastor, you know, I believe everything about Jesus Christ. I believe that he actually died on the cross. I believe that, you know, he is the savior for my life. Well, I actually want to go a little bit further for you and actually just want to clearly actually explain the scripture to us. In verse nine, it actually says to you and says to me concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. So the Holy Spirit is going to come convict us of sin because we have not believed in him. And what that means in our life is that when we actually choose to sin, when we actually fall into sin, it is actually because we truly don't believe in the power of Christ Jesus in our life. We truly don't believe that he is who he says that he is. Now, that might be a mouthful for you to actually wrap around and actually grasp in your life. And so I wanted us to think about it, you know, from this kind of perspective. You know, if I had a chair, you know, uh, next to me right now, I would say to you and I would say to me that if I actually believed that actually um, that chair could actually hold my body, all I would actually do was actually just sit down in it and get in it. You know, but if I actually never chose to actually, you know, sit down in that chair, you know, it might be an indication that if I needed to sit down and I believe that I needed to sit down and I didn't sit down, that I truly didn't believe in it. You know, if that makes any sense, you know, or or another way to say it, if, if you want it, you know, to drink a uh, if you are very, very thirsty and you actually needed to drink some needed to quench that thirst. And I actually said to you that if you just drink a little bit of water, your thirst will be quenched. Uh, but if you actually never actually drank that water, it's an indication to you, an indication to me that you truly might not believe that that water will actually quench your thirst. You know, those are some you know, simple illustrations for us actually to see that the things that we do sometimes actually dictate what we actually believe in our life. And Jesus Christ has actually said to you and saying to me in verse nine is that when you sin, when I sin, it's always an indication that there is something that we don't believe in Christ Jesus enough about because he is always what's called the way of escape. He is always the savior. He is always the one that actually has something uh, that we actually can find in him to free us from sin. You know, it might seem impossible, but guess what? That's who Christ Jesus is. You know, he is the one who actually can do what actually seems impossible in our life. If we actually just learn how to actually trust in him and actually believe in him. And so I actually wanted to say that to us as a challenge to be able to consider, you know, what are the things sometimes that I fail at actually living my life in God? Maybe it's an indication that I don't believe that Christ Jesus can actually truly deliver me from that issue. You know, the second thing that, that God actually says to us in verse 10 is that the Holy Spirit will actually convict us of righteousness. 
He will convict us of righteousness. Well, you might say, well, I thought righteousness was a good thing. Sometimes righteousness is a good thing if you actually know how to use it. But the right way to actually think about what God is actually saying in verse 10, he's thinking about self-righteousness. You know, have you have you ever uh, met an individual, met a person who thought that they had all the answers? You know, they thought that they knew everything from A to Z and you couldn't tell them nothing. You know, maybe that's like you. Maybe that's like me. Sometimes I could actually be that way where I think that I have all the answers, that I know everything that is necessary for my life or maybe even somebody else's life. Well, God says that that is a self-righteousness that is no good because he says that in verse 10 concerning self righteousness. You know, I go to the Father and you will no longer see me. And what he is saying to us, saying to them, he is trying to get us to understand that that around the context that we're reading today, the disciples and the Jews around this world thought that they knew that there was a way to actually receive God, a way to actually receive eternal life. And so they had it all mapped out. They had it all planned. And so when Jesus Christ came on the scene, you know, they could not receive him and believe in him because he didn't actually fit their prescription. He didn't fit their self-righteousness. And so God is actually saying to you and saying to us that I'm actually going to convict you of your own righteousness, your own self-righteousness, because what I actually want you to always do and recognize is that you need to actually believe in me. You actually need to trust in me. You know, when you think about uh, little children, you know, sometimes little children have uh, this mentality that they can actually do everything by themselves. You know, they're, they're just little toddlers, but they think that they can actually do everything by themselves. I remember watching a video, you know, where there was a little girl in the back seat that was struggling struggling, struggling, struggling to actually get her seatbelt on. You know, so dad is actually driving in the front seat and he's actually asking her, do you need any help? And she kept re keeps responding, no, I don't need any help. You know, help yourself. I'll take care of my own self. You know, she she's trying to describe that she's a big girl and she can actually do it. I think that that's sometimes the way that we actually view our relationship with God is that we think that we actually have all the answers, that we can actually do it our way and that we don't actually need God's help. Well, that's actually a way where God is actually describing to you and describing to me that I'm going to use the Holy Spirit to actually convict you of that kind of self-righteousness because it's actually uh, going to lead you into a place of temptation. It's going to lead you to some kind of destruction. And so I can think about so many times in my life, even this past weekend, where I've actually uh, thought about that I've had the answers. And then I actually realized that I needed to to hear these scriptures, hear these words, because even as much as I know, doesn't mean that I can't grow. And I wanted to share that with you as well, is that as much as you know, it, you still can grow. We can always grow in God if we just learn to actually humbly submit ourselves to all that God actually desires us to do. In verse 11, I wanted to share this, uh, this third aspect of the things that actually can destroy our life if we actually are not careful, if we actually don't allow the Holy Spirit to begin speaking to us. It says concerning judgment, because the ruler 
of this world is judged. And when, when I mentioned, you know, sin earlier, I, I didn't quite mention judgment because I actually want to get it right here. Uh, but when you actually think about sin itself, you know, the danger of sin is that God has said that I'm actually going to punish sin itself with eternal damnation. You know, just just powerful words. You know, as I mentioned before, our culture, you know, sometimes we live in this reality where as long as it's not hurting anyone else, it's okay with me. And we can actually pass through and actually think that the things that we do really don't matter that much. You know, the little white lie that I actually tell, uh, the little fudge that I did on my taxes, you know, the, the little uh, indeceit that no one else can actually see when I'm actually at home by myself. We think all those things are okay, but that's actually still a, a, a greater judgment where God actually sees all things. And he says to you, and he says to us, is that there's not one thing that I won't actually judge from you in this world. You know, every T that we cross, every I that we dot, God says that I'm actually going to look at it all on the day of judgment. Uh, we all have to reckon to God the things that we have done actually on this earth. And, and what's so different, you know, about this world, you know, the world doesn't have that perspective. But I'm actually sharing these words to us today because that is the truth of God. That is the reality that God actually provides for each and one of us for us to know that, you know, he is a holy God that requires us not to just slip through life, but actually to make it the priority and live it the way that God actually desires us to live. And so we may think that there is no judgment coming to us, but I want us to know that according to these words, according to these scriptures, that there is a judgment that's coming to us because the ruler of this world, who is Satan, will also be judged. And because he is the liar, because he is the thief, because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and we've actually listened to him and done the things that he has done, we'll receive that same kind of judgment. And we've got to make sure that we live with a sober heart. You know, a heart where we actually recognize that I've got to actually live with this mentality every single day. I've actually got to learn to actually fear the Lord, you know, fear him because he's the only one that can actually truly judge my life. You know, this world can judge you. They may have thoughts, they may have opinions, but they can't judge you at the end of the day. Only God can actually judge us. And he's going to judge every, every single act, every single deed that we actually do in this world. And so as we think about that, uh, you know, some of those things, you know, are the heaviness that actually lays upon our life. You know, some of those things are, are the weightiness that we've got to, you know, figure out how to actually escape, you know, every single day. And so that's why I'm actually sharing this message to us, not to actually give us more burdens, you know, more weight, because the reality of the gospel is it says to you and it says to me that we can't actually save ourselves. You know, we don't have the ability to be able to escape the judgment that God actually has for us. We don't have the ability to actually be self-righteous. Uh, we don't have the ability to actually be free from sin on our own. That is why we needed the Savior. 
You know, that is why we actually need the help, you know, from the Holy Spirit. And so God says to you, and he says to me again in verse seven, that it is to your advantage that I go away because the helper is going to come in your life and actually help you provide the freedom that Christ Jesus has made available to you and made available to us. And as you think about the helper, you know, as I mentioned before, are we really living a life that the helper is available? to us every single day. And uh, I want us to, to look at a scripture in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, because I want us to, re, to remind it of the influences of this world. You know, if any of us have ever been under the influence of alcohol, influence of wine, influence of beer, influence of, of any kind of uh, liquor or drink, uh, we know that uh, when we are in under the influence, we actually lose control. You know, sometimes we actually slur our language. Sometimes we are not able to uh, control our motor skills. And all those things are a sign that we've actually lost control. Well, I want us actually to think about what the scriptures say in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. So if you have your Bibles, turn there with me really quickly, because I want to show you what it actually says in the scripture. It says, uh, be not drunk with wine but actually be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the translation I have up there on the New Living Translation says, not only do not be filled with wine because it destroys your life, but actually actually be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and what that says to you and I is that our lives are supposed to be controlled, you know, by the Holy Spirit, just as our lives can sometimes be controlled when we are under the influence. You know, that's why they call it driving under the influence is because you are letting that that alcohol actually dictate your motor skills and dictate your movements and the things that you actually do. What God is saying to you and I is that if we're actually going to receive the help from him, we've actually got to cede control, you know, to the Holy Spirit. We've actually got to allow God to... Uh, to do the things that he is, needs to do in our life. And the only way that we can do that is by giving up control, you know, giving up control, you know, in our life. You know, when I was a little child, I used to, you know, hear the words, I surrender all. You know, I used to hear the choir actually sing that in church and it, it never made any sense to me. You know, what does that actually mean to surrender all, you know, to your life? And it, it means that we have this ability to be able to recognize that in my own strength, in my own power, I can't do anything. You know, in my own capabilities, I can't actually be righteous. I actually can't be the right person that I desire to be. I actually even can't be a godly person. So I've got to surrender that to God and, and ask him to actually fill my heart, to fill my mind, to fill me consistently so that he can actually lead me in the pathway in the direction that I have. 
And uh, as you get older, you know, once you start to understand the influence of alcohol, you understand quickly what it actually means to surrender. You know, it's just giving up of yourself and allowing something else actually to control you and to dictate your life. And so I ask us here today, you know, will you actually think about surrendering more of your life, you know, to God and the Holy Spirit? You know, they are greater than we could ever imagine uh, in our life. And we will reap the benefits of it if we actually just allow God to have control. And uh, thinking about that, be reminded uh, of the woman who actually had a snake in the garden. And as she had that snake in the garden, she actually went next door and actually told her neighbors, hey, there is something that potentially could be in your garden. And I just want to warn you. You know, will you actually think about uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to convict you of sin, to convict you of the self-righteousness that you may have in your heart, that you may have in your life so that you can actually lead a better life? Will you allow the Holy Spirit to allow you to actually think about the judgment that is due to us for every single wrong deed and act that we live in our life so that we can actually fear the Lord better? You know, will you allow the Holy Spirit, will you yield to the Holy Spirit more and more in your life today? And will you also be like the woman who actually knocked on her neighbor's door? The Holy Spirit will only convict us of sin if we actually are people who actually are used by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit might want you to begin to knock on your neighbor's door. The Holy Spirit might want you to begin to knock on your family's door. He may want you to begin to knock on that cousin's door that you've been praying about so that they have an opportunity to be convicted of the same kind of dangers that await us in this world. You know, God is calling us to be his hands and his feet in this world, but he actually needs us to be yielded to the Holy Spirit so that we can actually do the work that actually God desires to see happen in this world. So I pray that you actually yield to the Holy Spirit in your personal life, when somebody approaches you, when somebody is telling you the things that are actually in danger to you. And I pray that you also are a person who actually yields to the Holy Spirit and begins to knock on your neighbor's door. And you heard our message here today. And if you heard what the Holy Spirit was speaking through me, maybe it's convicting you of sin, convicting you of righteousness, convicting you of judgment in this world. And that's today. He's calling you to come to Jesus. I actually want to offer you a prayer that actually will change your life. If God is calling you today through the power of the Holy Spirit, I would love for you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord, thank you today for what we have heard from this message. Lord, I pray that I actually confess my sin before you. Lord, I believe that what I've heard today, that you died, was buried, and was raised again so that I may have eternal life. And because you have done that, Lord, I actually now trust in you and believe that you are the Savior for my life. And Lord, I also believe that I can now receive the help to overcome the issues that are available in my life. And Lord, when I do those things, you know, Lord, let me give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, as I mentioned here today, I wanted you to know that if you prayed that prayer with me, 
that you are now part of God's kingdom and now that you are truly trusting in Christ Jesus. And if that was you, I would love for you to go out to our website at commonbondchurch.org, fill out a comment card and let me know that you've actually prayed that prayer of faith. You know, in addition, as we begin to close here today, I just want to share with us one last word of benediction is that may the grace of God be with us. May the mercy of God be with us. We have one true Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. Let us all go in peace. Amen. Come to Jesus just now, just now. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus just now.